Hey there, listeners. Welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian. I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are talking about Dawn of the Dead from 2004. Directed by Zack Snyder, written by James Gunn, starring Sarah Polly, Ving Rhames, Jack Weber, Mackay Pfeiffer, and Ty Burrell. Not unlike the original, this movie is about a group of strangers who take shelter in a shopping mall during the zombie apocalypse, but this time the zombies are fast. And we're, of course, doing this as part of our month of remakes, reboots, and reimaginings. Ashwin, you've seen this one already, right? Yeah, I saw it like back maybe 2004, 2005, but it, it definitely had been a while. Uh, what about you? I had never seen it. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. It, like, we was always on my radar. I just somehow I never watched it. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I feel like, it, you know, it came out while we were in college and uh, there was one channel on TV where it would just like always be playing uh, on repeat. And so I feel like I saw this like three or four times like a year for like a oh, year wow. or two. You know, that makes sense because a lot of people, a lot of our listeners commented when we said we were doing this, like, oh, I love that movie. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. everyone seems crazy about it. Yeah, it seems like it's like it's hitting an intersection of like a time in people's lives when they saw this, probably. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And I, I think it's been on a lot of like top horror movies of that decade lists and stuff like that. So, yeah. Because, uh, like, 2004, I mean, w- wasn't that, like, a little bit after The Ring, uh, probably, like, Saw franchise kicking off around that time? Yep, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and I think Shaun of the Dead came out this just weeks, I think, different than this, at least in the UK. They, like, had to postpone it. Yeah, that's I, I, I thought that was crazy. So, Shaun of the Dead, like, the, I mean, that title is obviously a play on this film, but they were also referencing or paying tribute to the original, I guess? Yeah, yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. What a, what a crazy coincidence to be like coming out like within the same month or two. Same time, I know. Um, this is a kind of a timely recording because have you been keeping up with the Zack Snyder nerd news? Uh, no. What's he been up to lately? Okay. Well, I'm just gonna go straight into our Ohio connection from Alex because okay. it's pertinent to this. All right. Okay. So from Alex, our Ohio connection. Dawn of the Dead was the directorial debut for filmmaker Zack Snyder. After this film, he achieved massive box office success with the stylish and technically ambitious films 300 and Watchmen. His ability to navigate big tent movies got the attention of DC Entertainment in 2013, who tasked him with launching the rebooted DC Universe films, an obvious attempt to compete with the growing popularity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, his f- films include Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Suicide Squad, etc. Alex did a long one here, so hang with yeah. me. Uh, however, Snyder is perhaps best known for the 2017 DC superhero film Justice League. He had to leave Justice League early due to a family tragedy, and the Avengers director Joss Whedon was hired to complete the film. And the film was met with mixed reviews, largely citing a tonal shift from Snyder's earlier work. As time wore on, there began underground speculation of a version known as the Snyder Cut, an unreleased version with Snyder's darker vision. The hashtag Hmm. release the Snyder Cut went viral, rallying thousands to let Snyder finish the film. I keep putting an H in there, but I think it's just Snyder. Uh, After years, HBO Max made news this quarantine when they announced production of a Snyder-helmed Justice League series, which will be roughly five hours in overall length. Holy Um, shit. Which is essentially the Snyder cut. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Wait, what's and, what's the connection? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, <laughs> still going. <laughs> Let me just flip the page. Um, the DZ universe is anchored by the Justice League supergroup, consisting primarily of Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, Aquaman, and the Flash. And Superman is a fictional superhero created by Cleveland, Ohio natives Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Uh, wait, Superman was created by someone in Ohio? Yep, two two Clevelanders. Wow, that's crazy. I, did, I, did, I had no idea. Yeah. You're a bad um, Ohioan for not knowing that. Yeah, damn. There's, that's so weird. There's a, like a metropolis in Illinois. Like, Why don't they uh, pay more tribute to Superman in Cleveland? Like, I've, I've never heard that referenced. Yeah, it's, um, it's not quite as public as it should be. I know, I know. They could really be running with that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you, that, that, that's like all I know Zack Snyder from really, I was, I was always surprised to see his name on this movie because he is so like associated with like that whole, uh, uh, superhero in DC universe, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Dude, did you ever see this interview of Henry Cavill and Ben, uh, <laughs> yeah, Affleck, <laughs> Ben Affleck about the like bad reviews for Man of Steel, Batman, or no, what is it? Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice? Yeah, I think that was, someone posted on our on our Discord server maybe, right? Oh yeah, I did. Oh, that was you? <laughs> yeah. I love that video. Yeah, but that, that was like uh, such a terrible movie. Did you see that one? Uh, I didn't, no. I saw Man of Steel and I thought that sucked, frankly, so I wasn't yeah. interested in any of these other ones. Yeah. I, that, that's the thing. I've always been very uh, on the fence about Zack Snyder until, like, Budin's point. Like, he had these huge early successes earlier on. Um, but I, I feel like ever since he joined the DC League, uh, his stuff hasn't been that great. Uh, I, I, do you like any of his other work? I've only seen 300 and Watchmen, and I really like Watchmen. I like Watchmen, too, yeah. But, but did you, 300, did you ever, I was so, so on. Yeah. Did you ever read uh, the comic for Watchmen, like the comic book? I read it after the movie. Did you notice, like, it was, like, scene by scene, pretty much, like, the same thing? Yeah, but, I mean, that, that was, it's an ad- adaptation. Yeah, I, I guess I just expect when you're a director and, and you're, you know, taking a, a work and, you know, adapting it or whatever, you're putting your own voice and your own uh, personality or something into it. And I, I just felt like Watchmen, like, it was great because it, like, really mimicked uh, the comic really well, but I, I didn't feel like it had a lot of Zack Snyder in it. Did you? Um, I don't know. I, I guess I can't say, I thought it was different enough. Like, yeah. And I mean, some of that's the screenplay, but like the ending was different, which I yeah. really actually preferred the movie's ending. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was, that was a nice twist. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I agree with you. I, I think it was a nice adaptation. Yeah. I know when it I watched it, I'm like, yeah. I, I Character I, of its own. Sure. Yeah, when I watched it, I was just kind of bummed that like uh, it felt like I just reread the comic again. But you're right, the ending was different, um, and it is. Uh, I think he is like very great, like visually to to put some of that on screen too. I think that's kind yeah. of where his main yeah, talent is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, man. I feel like this is a bunch of tangents. I guess it's pertinent to to Zack Snyder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is his uh, debut, right? Yeah directorial debut and screen written by another huge superhero dude james gunn who did all the guardians movies i think or at least right. the first two yeah which is wild these two like two yeah. guys who became big on the superhero side yeah um dude i know you in our top five episode you mentioned 28 days later and you seem to be a fan of these uh fast zombies or is that does that transfer to this movie 
Uh, it does. And, and I know uh, George Romero was kind of down on like these zombies being faster, but aren't they just way scarier when they're faster? I disagree, man. I think they are a bit... Like, I like the fast vibe. I think it makes for a different type of movie, but I think these slow ones are scarier for some reason. Because uh, the, the slow one, what, what is the scare? Just like they're all going to come very slowly at you in like a big group? Yeah, I think it's just the inevitability. Like, there's so many of them... And they just keep coming. It may be slowly, but they aren't stopping. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, something about like the fast zombies makes it feel like an action movie, and the slow makes it feel like a horror movie to me. Oh yeah, uh, I can yeah, see that. I, I shouldn't have asked this question because we're getting into review type stuff way too early. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I, I, I think it's worth noting because that's like one of the biggest differences between uh, the original and this one. Yeah, that yeah. take on zombies. Um, yeah, I, I hear you. that. That's a good point, though. I, maybe you're right. Like, uh, that maybe there's more dread with the slower ones, but because yeah, this one did definitely felt uh, action. But I do feel like with the fast ones, uh, you can still have uh, like it scares, but it's just like a different level of scare, I guess. Right, right. And I thought Twenty Eight Days Later was pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, this movie had a budget of twenty six million, box office of one hundred two point three. So it was a successful movie. Do you feel like that's as successful as you would have expected, um, given like this is like a, a zombie film and like the people involved in it? Uh, I, I kind of felt like the number would have been a little bit higher. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's like, well, it's more than triple. Um, yeah. But it's not crazy huge. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't it, know that you would call this a blockbuster or anything, right? I don't know. Once it gets up to 100, that's, that's pretty big. I mean, it had a big budget, too, but... But mm-hmm. that overall box office is a decent number. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We're, I think we're just we're used to like the superhero days, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't know. Like you think about like World War Z, uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. I, I guess I don't, don't want to compare it to those. Uh, I I just I, I feel like I never heard about this one blowing up too big in the theaters. But um, yeah, maybe I just missed it. Yeah, I missed a lot of things in college. Yeah, so many more important things going on, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, I didn't, I had no idea that she worked in special effects, but the special effects were done by AFX Studio, which is co-owned by a dude named David Leroy Anderson and mm-hmm. Heather Langenkamp, Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that that actress works for a FX company? Yeah, she wow. does special effects now. She owns it. Oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, uh, y- yeah, especially to take on a zombie film. I, like I saw, like a, uh, I guess they don't do like makeup and stuff. They're doing more of the camera effects. I think it's uh, makeup is included in that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. th- this one definitely had like a lot of people. I think uh, doing makeup and stuff for the zombies. Yeah, it sounds like it was a pretty big undertaking. Yeah, yeah. They didn't just like paint all the extras gray like they did in the original. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it sounds like they had a big team here, but holy shit, that's like a small world that, that she's back now and uh, runs an FX company. Yeah, and uh, oh shoot, I didn't write it down, but the costume designer was like the sister of David Cronenberg or something. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow. Denise Cronenberg, I think her name was. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but uh, speaking of the original, did you notice some uh, some cameos from the original cast? I didn't notice them, but I, I read about them. Did you actually notice them? Yeah. I did. I didn't notice uh, Scott Renninger, who I think mm-hmm. played oh, like a general or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, 
he was the dude who looked the first of the main characters to turn zombie, I think, in the original. Yeah. And then Ken Foray was the preacher on TV, and he like said the same line, which was the tagline in the original, when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Oh, yeah. I like that line a lot. Yeah. That's a good one. And then Tom Savini was playing a sheriff on TV who was basically saying the same thing as a sheriff in Night of the Living Dead. Oh, okay. Like, they're dead. They're all messed up. Just shoot them in the head and burn them or something like that. That's cool. Tom Savini, uh, he wasn't starring in the first one, was he? He didn't have anything to do with the first one from what I remember, but he did makeup effects and starred in the second one, in Dawn. Oh, right. Oh, he starred in, oh, was he part of the bike gang or something? He was part of the, yeah, starred may not be the right word, but he was part of that <laughs> motorcycle gang. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and you, like, recognize him? Like, I have no idea what he looks like. Yeah, yeah, I oh, recognized okay. him. That's pretty cool. Yeah, n- nice yeah. Uh, way to pay tribute to the uh, original franchise. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. And apparently the producer said they tried to gear this toward younger audiences who hadn't seen the original. Yeah, that so, makes sense. Yeah. Um, um, did you, you get the sense that George Romero was like pretty happy with this remake? He, I think he like was so-so on it, like generally positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw some snippets of what he said, and he said, it was better than I expected. The first 15 to 20 minutes were terrific, but it sort of lost its reason for being. It was more of a video game. I'm not terrified of things running at me. It's like Space Invaders. There was nothing going on underneath. Yeah. So, well, I'm sure we'll talk more about that review in our yeah, review wow. portion later in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. He's a harsh critic. Yeah. Yeah, but I think he, he did say it was better than he expected. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's supposedly a sequel in post-production, Army of the Dead, directed by Zack Snyder. I know, that's that's crazy. He's back at it and uh, directing it. That's wild. Yeah, I didn't dig more into that. It, the more I do this, the more I'm hesitant to even mention stuff that's in like pre-production, even post-production. It's just, that's you never true. know when that kind of stuff is going to come out, especially right now in these yeah, crazy yeah. times. Right, yeah. I'm sure everything's on pause. But um, I know he had to bail out of uh, Justice League, as, as you mentioned earlier. Um, so I, is this kind of his return? Because he took some time off, I think, uh, to deal with the, some family issues. But is this, like, would this be his film, his next film, like, or, like, since that issue or that, uh, him him walking away from Justice League? Yeah, I don't, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's done stuff since then or when they worked on that, like when principal photography took place or anything like that. So I'm yeah. not sure. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty, that's exciting though. Hope that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, I keep like reading people's just calling it like a family tragedy. So I'm like, am I maybe not supposed to say it? Cause <laughs> nobody else does, but his, his daughter died by suicide. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. Pretty unfortunate. He said, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, should we, <laughs> should we move on and start getting into the plot and the spoilers and our sure, review? I, before we do that, I've, I've got one question for you. Um, All right. if you're in a zombie apocalypse, um, you know, you, you're this woman who wakes up and like the world's, you know, gone to hell and, uh, you know, everyone's killing each other. Uh, where would you go? Where would I go? Yeah. You know, I think high ground, like something like, hmm, like there were some people on roofs at certain points of this movie, mm-hmm. 
And I feel like that's a good idea, but then you just get like baked from the sun. You need some sort of shelter up there. Yeah. I mean, a mall's really not a bad idea. Yeah. I, I kind of agree. A mall, I, I was thinking like a Costco or something like a big department store. They have a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah. Honestly, a grocery store is probably the like number one place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Though, you know, some grocery stores, like, I, I think what's great about a mall is you got, like, a range of, uh, like, remember in the original movie that that mall, like, had a hardware store in it and stuff? And, like, a yeah, gun and store. a gun shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I don't think malls do that anymore, do they? No. I don't think malls ever had gun stores in them. Maybe, but. <laughs> Not even in the 80s or 70s. When was the original? <laughs> 70s? Uh, 78, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think you're right, though. Like, some kind of commercial establishment where, like, they're stocked on goods and stuff. I think that makes sense. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, you need supplies and stuff, too. Yeah. 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 All right. I, I don't know. You know, some people might say, uh, like, find an island, which, you know, they try at some point in this movie, or, like, get, get on a boat and head somewhere, or, like, head up to the mountains. I don't know uh, about all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's uh, interesting thought exercises, for sure. And I yeah. probably have another one I might ask you later, too. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, let's get into this. Can you hold on for one second? Actually, I think I might hear our baby crying upstairs. I might need to go check on things. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll be right back. All right. Okay, man, I'm back. Hey, everything okay up there? Yeah, he was fine. I think he just needed a bottle, so I put some uh, human blood in there with some tiny particles of flesh and <laughs> gave that to him, and, and he went right back down. That's the baby formula for zombie babies. <laughs> yeah. Blood with a little, you got to get that right mix of flesh particles in there. <laughs> flesh to blood ratio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Puree that up. Yeah, I hear you. There's, a, there's um, a market in that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we will get to that scene, but this movie starts with Anna, who is an overworked nurse. She returns home after a long day to her date night with her husband, which is just kind of a lazy night, it seems. So they have some some fun times and go to sleep, and they wake up. And, oh, while she's, like, driving home and even, like, while they're in the house, there's some, like, radio and TV news broadcasts that, like, hint that something odd is happening. But we only get little short bursts of it, and Anna isn't really paying attention to it. Uh, even when she's at the hospital, like when she's checking out of her shift, there's like an, a random injury, right? Which like kind of right. uh, foreshadows. Right. Yeah. Like one yeah. of the patients like is advancing really fast or something like his, yeah. his illness. So the next morning, they wake up, and one of the neighbor girls is standing at the doorway to their room, and she sprints at Anna's husband and attacks him. And there's like blood squirting from his neck. She's bitten his neck. And Anna, like, somehow subdues that girl. I think she just, like, throws her out of the room and shuts the door. Yeah. And she's trying to, like, tend to this dude's wound, and he's just bleeding everywhere. He dies. And then he reanimates and attacks Anna. She, like, locks herself in the bathroom. He's trying to burst through the door. She escapes through the window. And I thought this whole sequence was so cool to me. Yeah. So you've got that, like, claustrophobic scene in the bedroom and then the bathroom, and then she breaks out and stumbles out into the neighborhood and it's just chaos in the neighborhood and one of her neighbors is out in the street with a gun pointed at her. Right. 
And then he finally realizes like it's just her and she's normal, drops the gun and he gets hit by a car and then like an she ambulance, gets into her car. Or yeah, yeah, was it an ambulance? I thought so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the neighborhood's just going to shit. She gets into her car and her husband, who's now a zombie, is like chasing after the car. And I thought this was so cool. There's this car, like a chase scene where she's driving the car and you can see her. It's like the camera's like on the hood of the car. So you see her and behind the car, you see him sprinting after the car. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just sees a woman out in her front yard and just like, runs. no hesitation, purpose, perfectly changes direction and runs right at her and tackles yeah. her. Yeah. It was just so cool. It sounds so basic, but the way it yeah. was done. Yeah, that was such a cool like camera angle. Like, yeah, be looking out the back of her car and like seeing the like chaos going on behind her. Yeah. And that guy just ran out. Uh yeah. it's, isn't this and crazy it like was, it was kind of scary too, because it was just like these zombies are like hyper focused. Like sure. it wasn't like a dumb zombie thing. It was like he immediately made the decision in a split second, she's closer, I can get her, I can yeah. get this car. Just Exactly, exactly. Not only are they faster, but they seem smarter, too. I think so. Yeah, yeah, they do seem smarter. Even, like, the way uh, he broke into the bathroom. Like, uh, she ran in there, she shut the door. I was thinking, like, ah, he, he's done. Like, there's no way he's going to open a door, but he's able to, like, kind of run into it and, like, break it open. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few examples like that throughout the movie where they're smarter than the average zombie. Yeah, I mean, even that neighbor girl, like, coming in, I mean, she must have remembered where, like, the house key was or something. Must have been yeah. one of the zombie traits. Right. Uh, all, all this like within five minutes of, of the opening like what do you think isn't this like kind of a high adrenaline start to a movie I thought this was honestly one of the best openings to a horror movie I've ever seen yeah yeah I agree like and it shifted like the tone not the tone really but like the scale of things so quickly and seamlessly like yeah yeah it, it was this tight claustrophobia type thing in the house and like a trapped situation and then it's like spreads to the whole neighborhood and then she drives out of the neighborhood onto the highway and it's like the whole town like yeah and it was all just like they completely changed the way they were filming each setting right as she got onto a bigger scale and it was just yeah really action-packed and, and well shot and i was impressed yeah i, I really like this and it, yeah. i love that i was kind of like focused on one character too and like her experience like going from work to that night to the next morning like just seeing it from like one character's view is really cool Right, and that's where, like, George Romero saying it was, like, a video game, I think that's almost a compliment in this scene, because yeah. you really are quite in her position. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, that's a really good comparison, actually. Um, but anyway, I think she is, like, on this highway, and there's a zombie on her car, and she tries to get it off and ends up crashing into a tree and passing out. Mm -hmm. She wakes up and encounters a police officer named Kenneth, played by Ving Rames. Andre, uh, played by Mackay Pfeiffer, and his pregnant wife, Luda, and this other dude, Michael. And so now they're all banding together, and they've heard that the near shelter is a bad scene, so they make their way to a nearby mall. Um, and as soon as they get into the mall, there's some pretty aggressive security guards who will only let them stay at the mall if they hand over their weapons. And I think they basically imprison them in one of the stores, right? Yeah, right. Did you notice that the like head dick security guard named CJ was a uh, Doug from House of Cards? Oh yeah, I know. There there are a lot of people in here which like became famous a lot later on, and it's, it's surprising to like see them here. Yeah, Ty Burrell, Phil from Modern Family. Right. Yeah. Exactly. As a total asshole in this movie. Yeah, I know. Like the opposite of what he is in Modern Family. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's the next day these guards are just being so hostile that our main characters see an opportunity to overthrow them, and they do, and they essentially now make them their prisoners. 
And they also let in this new group of people that shows up at the mall. Um, just a random cast of characters. None of them are too important except maybe Steve, play, played by Ty Burrell. Mm-hmm. And one of the women they take in, I think she's been bitten. She's really sick. And they're trying to take care of her and nurse her back to health. She ends up dying and coming back to life, and they have to kill her. And through all this, they realize that the disease is passed via bites. Yeah, that part was crazy that like that wasn't uh, obvious to them from the beginning. But I guess like we've seen so many of these movies that we like just assume people pick up on that quicker. But that's kind of crazy that they hadn't picked up on that by this point. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like uh, I've heard directors and writers talk about how they have to navigate around like the cell phone situation in movies now. Like, oh, yeah, there's so many plot holes that could just be like if you had a cell phone, you'd call this like <laughs> there's. You have to find a way to neutralize the cell phone. Yeah. And it's almost like with zombie movies, you have to just either decide this is in a world where zombies don't really... Right. ...aren't really a part of media and everyone knows how it all works. Exactly. Or you make it kind of meta and people know exactly what's going on. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like You can never like actually drop the Z word in, in this film. Yeah, they never say it. Right, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Um, so once they realize that things are transmitted by bites. Um, Kai Pfeiffer's character and his wife Luda start acting really strange. Um, and they just kind of start isolating themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember if it's been explicitly laid out at this point, but we pretty much know that like in the first, when they first got to the mall, there was a bit of a scuffle and Luda's probably been bit. Right. Um, one of the other dudes in this mass of people that they brought there or that they let into the mall is a father-daughter duo and the father gets bit at some point. I can't remember if it was when that lady reanimates or what. No, I think when he got there, he was already bit. He was already bit, okay. Yeah. So he elects to be isolated and shot by Kenneth. So there's kind of a dramatic scene between him and his daughter, Nicole, which is really the only emotional, really like heavy-hitting emotional scene in this movie. Uh, I think there was I, one other one where she's like, she's when, right when they get to the mall, she's like getting shoes or something and she like kind of breaks down because like of everything that's been happening. Uh, do, do you remember that one? Right. The same character, Nicole? Uh, no, this would be Anna. Uh, oh, when they first get to the character. mall. Yeah. Uh, I think like just the weight of like, you know, having like, you know, seeing her husband, uh, get, um, you know, convert, like it turned into a zombie in the morning and stuff. There's a moment where like, she like, is in a room by herself and like, she just starts like crying like, uh, for, for a minute or two. Oh yeah. And there is a moment like maybe at dinner where I think they're just going around the table asking each other questions and yeah. someone asked Michael, like, what was the like worst you ever did at a job or like, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember how they phrased it, but he was like, I was a crappy husband. Yeah. And I'm like, what was the best job you ever had? And he was like, I was a great dad. Did you like that uh, conversation? <laughs> no, I'm just recounting that's like the only other really emotional. Yeah. Uh, obviously emotional, dramatic type scenes. They didn't really linger on that one too much, but. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that scene, I, I thought that was, uh, it felt a little forced, but yeah, you're right. Overall, like not a lot of uh, like dramatic or emotional conversations. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, and I'm trying to set us up for our review later. I think I think that is a trend <laughs> through the movie. Like when there's a touching moment or dramatic moment or a sad moment, it's it's real quick, and then it's on yeah. to the next thing. Sure. Um, so the plot moves on. A few things happen along the way. Um, one prominent event is that Kenneth 
hangs out on the roof a lot. He's befriended the owner of the gun store across the street who hangs out on his roof, and they write messages to each other on signs. And a few romances break out among the group. I feel like they aren't even really that important enough to mention until they come into play later. Yeah, I think the important part was, like, you see breasts. I feel like that's the only reason one of those happened. <laughs> like, how do yeah, we get boobs in Yeah, I think it was movie? Ty Burrell in that sex scene, too, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, it just yeah. felt, like, so, like, uh, on purpose. Like, oh, we need to have, like, breasts in this film, so let's throw in this. Uh, let's have this, like, extra character in this so that they, we can do that. Yeah, every once in a while in a movie, I'm just like, that was, that felt a little pandering. Yeah. <laughs> the pandering yeah. boob. Yeah, completely unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, there was some other boob pandering later. Yeah, I see what you did there. Um, and anyway, well, shit starts to get real crazy when we finally see Andre and Luda, who we haven't seen in a while. Luda is tied up to a bed and about to give birth. She's looking very ill. She has the baby in this gross, bloody scene and passes away. And one of the other characters walks in on it. And then she reanimates and the character, I can't even remember this woman's name. I feel like it was Norma or something. Something like Shoots that. her. And Mackay Pfeiffer's like, you just killed my family. And then he shoots her. And he's holding this baby the whole time. Yeah. The rest of the gang hears the gunshots, runs in there, and stumbles upon this scene where like everybody's killed each other. And there's a zombie baby <laughs> that, <laughs> that looks pretty funny. Yeah, this is this is like a hard one to deliver because yeah, I mean the premise of it's stupid. Like this nice. mother's a zombie; she's giving birth to like a zombie baby. Uh, I, I don't know. Did you feel like this landed? I think it did actually. Like, not necessarily in any sort of dramatic or major plot point type of way, but in a comedic. I can't believe that just happened type of way. <laughs> really, you kind of felt like it was like kind of embraced the comedy element of it. I don't think it was played for last, but it, it amused me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I thought it was uh, cool. Like, I, I like looking at my notes, it's, it looks ridiculous, but I feel like it, they did it pretty well. Like, it was almost like, oh, cool. It was kind of like a novel thing to see in a film. Right. Right. Yeah, and we don't see them shoot the baby, but we hear a gunshot echo through the mall. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know if maybe this is a straw that breaks the camel's back of everyone like no longer being okay with just chilling at this mall. Um, yeah, I think so. But th- that part really confused me. Like you're so like, uh, you're in a great position here at the mall. Like you're safe, you have food, you got water. I mean, I, I didn't understand like how they quickly came up with this decision that they have to get out of this mall. It was a hasty decision and kind of a hasty scene. And I, I don't feel there was proper motivation for them to all decide that. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, but the, anyway, they find out Steve has a yacht, and they decide they're going to go get this boat and take it to an island out on Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. So we get the prepping montage. They reinforce a couple of shuttles to make the trip, and they like carve slots in the sides so that they can stick a chainsaw through to cut off the the hangers on as they like drive through this swarm of zombies. Oh, there was an, another emotional part here, right? When he was like showing uh, Anna. Uh, one of the guys like showing Anna, like, look what I can do with this uh, chainsaw now. Wait, did, wasn't there like kind of a bond forming between them? Yeah, they made it clear that there was a romance there, which just came out of nowhere to me. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of yeah. weird. Yeah, it felt forced. Mm-hmm. Um, so they plan to take the gun store guy with them and get some guns and ammo for the trip. He also has like, told them he's 
like really hungry over there. He's basically running, ran out of food a while ago, I think. And so they lower this dog down into the street to carry supplies to him because they somehow know that the zombies don't care about the dog. And the zombie enters through a tiny door at the, in the gun store. But the zombies see it and like grab the door and get in and kill Andy. And this is Nicole's dog. She runs after it, probably because she's lost her whole family now that her dad has been killed because he was turning. I Um, guess, yeah. Yeah, it was still a very stupid decision. She like ran out (laughs) into the zombie swarm to go get this stupid dog. Yeah, yeah. I loved I loved uh, Andy's transformation though, because like we hear on the walkie-talkie that he's been like bitten and infected. Then we see him on the roof and he's like trying to write a sign, but it's like all blood. Did you did you like oh, that part? Oh yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that's like a cool way of watching someone deteriorate. Right, like he was still like, oh, I, I write signs. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're right. These zombies are smarter though. They they can write signs. Yeah. Um. So then they all have to go save Nicole, and they enter the gun store through the sewer system, which I don't know why they didn't... I guess they just didn't think of that before when they sent the dog <laughs> over there. Yeah. Um, but there's a cool scene here where one of the dudes, they, like, jump down into the sewer, one of the guys falls and breaks his leg, and CJ, that shitty security guard who is somehow now turned good, is dragging him by his armpits, and he's got a gun in each hand and like just shooting up all these zombies with his two broken legs dangling behind him. Yeah, that was a cool scene. I thought that was kind of a cool scene. Yeah, yeah. And then as they like descend upon him, he hands the gun to CJ and it's like, kill me, and CJ shoots him in the head and runs. And CJ, I think, oh no, CJ doesn't die here, does he? No, not here, but he he does soon. There are, I mean, there are some very cool scenes in this movie. Yeah, cool sequences for sure. Cool moments, cool sequences, yeah. Nice uh, touches here and there. Yeah, one one that I think uh, we passed. Uh, there was a scene where like they go into the garage uh, to do something at one point. I think the power has gone out, and they get attacked by zombies in the garage. Do you, you remember that one? Yeah. Did anything cool enough happen here to mention? The, I just the one. Yeah, the one really cool thing, and I wish they'd like run with this a little bit more. There was one zombie that came at them, and he, the zombie didn't have legs, so it was like kind of using its hands to like uh, hold itself up on a pipe and just drop down on them. Did you see that guy? I did see that guy. I kind of wondered what was going on. <laughs> I know. It was, <laughs> was kind of crazy. Like, was this zombie just like all hands How long hanging? has he been up there? <laughs> I know. You'd do great on like monkey bars or something. He just lives there now. He sleeps <laughs> like that. Yeah. He's got to have like pretty strong arms now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, I thought that was a really cool action sequence too. It, yeah, it was. So yeah, I mean, they were planning to flee to the yacht in these shuttles anyway, but this whole mess um with the gun store has now kind of made it a hasty escape so they get into these shuttles they go and they're bouncing everywhere because they're running over zombies and i don't know nobody foresaw this but they have the chainsaw running in there sticking it through the slots and the guy who's holding it trips and kills somebody and himself with a chainsaw (laughs) yeah and uh basically there's a big action sequence here. Like some of them die along the way, get into this yacht. CJ ends up sacrificing himself essentially. Um, but the bulk of them make it onto the boat. Michael, who's kind of been the love interest to Anna. He's, he's basically the, the second lead. Yeah. Um, he's the last to get on. And then he tells him he's going to stay and shows them that he's been bitten somewhere in this whole ending action sequences sequence in the sprint to the boat. He got bit. 
Um, so he, the movie ends essentially kind of with him killing himself on the dock as they drift off on the lake. But then during the end credits, slash down with the sickness <laughs> by Disturbed playing, uh, they the credits are interspliced with these scenes of... It becomes found footage here, I guess. Yeah, right. They the find a camera, like Steve's camera on the boat. Boobs right away is the first thing you see because that's what he last filmed. <laughs> of course, that's what we paid for here. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it shows them getting to the island, but the island is swarmed with zombies and the camera falls and they all presumably die. Right. Yeah. Did you the feel whole... that was necessary, the like post credits? No. Telling I, you exactly I, I... what happened essentially? Yeah, I think I would have preferred uh, not having there and like it being kind of ambiguous and ending on like a note of hope. Because otherwise, like, uh, the plan from the beginning was, like, it came out of thin air, like, let's get out of here and get on this boat, and, uh, because they were in a safe place, and then now you know, like, that that ended badly for them, and, uh, yeah, it wasn't necessary. I kind of like the idea of them just kind of riding out into the water and it ending there. What about you? Yeah, because the the original ends very similarly. Well, does like, it? You can kind of think what you will, like, they either got away or they're, they're doomed. What, what happens at the end, on the, on the original one again? Uh, well... Fast forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear a spoiler for the original. I'm hoping you've seen it. But they escape in the helicopter, and I think the last line is, like, how much fuel do we have? Not oh. much. Oh, right, right. Okay. So yeah. they flee this, the overtaken mall, and they're in a helicopter, but they don't have yeah. much fuel. Okay. I like that, though. At least that's, uh, like, open-ended versus this one. Yeah, I do, too. And they were supposed to make that the original script and everything i think it was even after they had started production they changed the ending of the original to make it happier oh i see uh, but it was originally a bit more nihilistic yeah yeah that kind of aligns with how this one ended then yeah oh one one cool scene uh in, you know in terms of cool sequences um that you know when they are leaving the mall in that shuttle and uh the whole like they're in this mall shuttle and they're being like kind of uh overtaken by this mob of zombies i, I thought that was a really cool visual and uh, like the lighting and the effects there, I thought I thought was really well done. Yeah, it was all shot really well. Yeah, did you notice uh, like a green tint throughout the whole movie? I did not. Oh, I I feel like at least while they were in the mall, there uh, I I don't know if Zack Snyder does this often, but um, he was using like a green tint, so everything kind of had like a greenish feel to it, uh, which I don't know it makes it uh, I guess like yeah, it gives it a little bit more uh, uniqueness, but. Yeah, you know what? Maybe you're right. Now that you say that, I'm picturing it. And now I'm like going back through the movies as he's done that I've seen, and like they all have their own like specific color. Yeah, I imagine he's one of those directors who, like, when he's like starting a movie, like picks a color. Yeah, <laughs> runs with it. Yeah, um, I do really like that like bright yellow color in the Watchmen. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a cool one. Kinda. Um, so what did you think? What did you think of this movie? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think you hit on it. I think it was like pretty entertaining and like really uh, awesome, like visuals and good action sequences. Um, but uh, I don't know if this has to do with what you were saying earlier about uh, zombies, maybe when they're slower being more scary. But even though the zombies here were faster and I thought kind of more dangerous, I didn't feel like they uh, had as much scare or maybe as much screen time as uh, I would have liked to see. Um, did you get that sense at all? Yeah, it was almost never really done with scares in mind, even it seemed. Like, sure. There were yeah. some gory bits and stuff um, and good action sequences. Honestly, though, Dawn was kind of like that, too. If you compare the original Dawn of the Dead um, 
to the original Night of the Living Dead. Like, Night mm-hmm. of the Living Dead was more of a horror movie than Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. Like, Dawn of the Dead wasn't an all-out action movie to the extent that this was, but it kind of felt more like that vibe. Yeah, yeah, more action, uh, less like on the horror of the zombie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, and that's the way this movie felt, too. Like, it didn't really... It's a zombie movie, and a lot of zombie movies have this. Like, they don't even feel like horror movies, more just, like, action right. movies. Yeah, it's sort of like World War Z. Like, I feel like that's straight-up action. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of zombie movies uh, end up going that way. I guess that's a hard one with zombies to, yeah. to make them scary. But, yeah, you're, you're right, different tonal. Uh, what, what do you prefer? Do you prefer more of, like, a Night of, Li- Night of the Living Dead approach? Yeah, I mean, I think zombies can really be scary. I just, I feel like people have kind of, either we got so burned out on zombies that people feel like they have to take a different approach, or people have forgotten how to make them scary. I don't know. Yeah, right. But like these big budget action-ish type zombie movies, they do well at the box office a lot of times, so. They do, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think these ones are more about like the action scenes and like the sequencing and the visuals and not about like right. that scare of like, yeah, what's one zombie if you're like trapped in a small space or something, what that's going to do yeah. to you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. What, what did you think overall? You know, I think George Romero kind of nailed it. Like his review yeah. kind of sums up my review. Like the first 15 to 20 minutes were terrific, but then it just kind of, yeah. Like you said, it lost its reason for being like, yeah. It, it wasn't going hard enough on the scares. I don't think it went hard enough on the characters. And even yeah. like the mall, the mall is such a cool setting, but it didn't really like make much use of the mall. Yeah, yeah. Like the first one did. The first one I thought had more commentary on like the mall and the role of like commercialism in like our society or, or capitalism. Uh, whereas like, I felt like that was missing in this one. Did, did you sense that in the, in the first, the original version? Yeah. Yeah. We, (laughs) we, I re-listened to our episode on the original and at first I was like, there's nothing about consumerism in here. (laughs) But there was, right? There there, there was something? Yeah, it is. It's, it's definitely a commentary on consumerism and, and it's got, um, got that theme, you know, capitalism in general too. Yeah. But this one does not really... I don't think you could even say this movie has a theme. Uh, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I saw this movie go, uh, more towards, and, and I guess like the, the original did too, but, uh, in this one compared to like Night of the Living Dead, these kind of zombie films are more about like the human interactions and like a post-apocalyptic, uh, world and like how they, how people survive, um, versus like the, the scare of it. Um, yeah. so you, you right. don't feel like it, it captured that element very well? I think it kind of failed on that element too. I mean, there were some nice, um, some attempts that, that worked a little bit, but, um, and I, I, I don't dislike this movie. I'm just, we're, I think feel like we're starting off with some of the negative stuff here, but, yeah. um, it, I was surprised by how little it, uh, it accomplished, I guess. Like, yeah. It, and I, I know I probably sound like a broken record with this, but the cast was too big. Oh man. Yeah. I like, agree. I don't know how you could have hit the character stuff with all these characters that they tried to actually make characters. Like, yeah, if you want to have this many characters, just focus on a few or just right. cut it down quite a bit. Like, the yeah. first one was three people in a mall. This was like 20. Yeah, they didn't really need that second group of people that they brought in. I, I would have been happy if they stuck with like the first four or five people that originally would, showed up at the mall. Agreed. By the end of this movie, I forgot that Mackay Pfeiffer was even in it. 
Yeah. Right. Like he felt so important at the beginning and then he was just gone and nobody cared. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even Anna, like, I feel like uh, I, she's supposedly the main character in this, but um, yeah, they, they, I don't feel like it hung out with her that much or like we really saw like a lot of a big like character arc for her or anything. Right. Um, yeah. The, I mean, there's so many, every character had a potential, like, yeah. And even maybe did have like an arc that they traveled, but it was so narrow and slim and like quick. Like, yep. Ving Rames was this hard ass, but had this kind of cute relationship with the gun owner from across the way that they were oh, just yeah. writing messages to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that was honestly probably maybe the most developed relationship in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> um, there were a couple of romances. There was the father-daughter thing. It was just like, it was all there to check the boxes. They never really went into any of those yeah. relationships. Cause, None cause, of them got much screen time because it was only like an hour and 40 minutes. Right, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I feel like it was a tight running time. Uh, yeah, I like that running time, but if you were going to go this big with this movie in terms of cast, like, yeah. they probably could have gone a little bit longer. I agree. And, and yeah, that, that daughter, like, she also had, like, a romantic relationship with one of the security guards, and that was kind of just, like, something to check the box off with as well. Um, right, and the, that security guard, CJ, who, yeah. I can't remember the actor's name, but Doug from Game... Or Game of Thrones, House of Cards. Yeah. Um, he was a total asshole at first, and then he's like a hero at the end, and I don't yeah. know where the shift <laughs> happened or why. Yeah, I know. Like, that was that was out of nowhere. It, it was fun. Like, I'm, that was cool, but it was yeah. just like, okay, whatever. They could have taken some time next week. Because, yeah, that, that was such a strange, like, turn of uh, his character. Like, how do you go from, like, being this big villain up front to being this hero at the end without, like, any screen time? Yeah, and so I mean... Weird. It it makes me wonder if there is a Snyder cut of this. Like, was there more that we were supposed to see that just is on the cutting room floor? Like, it I just felt really rushed. Yeah, and this I think this goes back to my original thoughts about Zack Snyder and like with the Watchmen. Like, I feel like he's there with a checklist. Watchmen, he's like, oh great, I've got like the whole storyboard here because I've got a comic book to run off, and I'm just going to recreate it. And in this one too, he's probably just got a checklist. Like, all right, let me pick the color, and then oh, uh, we need to show breasts, and then uh, action scenes, and then uh, let's have a lot of characters. I, I just feel like his stories are kind of um, a little bit shallow on that side, and more kind of uh, on the execution side versus jumping in depth with like any one or two characters to show uh, any kind of like real change or anything. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. I, d- I disagree with when it comes to Watchmen, but. <laughs> But maybe you're right. I, I think that, yeah. like, you know, in that storyboard he already had, there was enough character. But Sure, yeah. But I think yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this one kind of just felt like he was going by the book in a way. And then, um, yeah, well, I would have loved to see more, like, deep dives on these characters. And a smaller cast, I agree, would have been a lot more uh, impactful. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that was some of that was just the uh, the James Gunn script. I don't It's hard to True. know what what made the final movie and, and what were director, directorial decisions. I don't know though. If you're, if you're talking about James Gunn and you look at like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, even those like he's got, he's got like a group of like four or five people and he sticks to them. And I feel like he's usually really good about like building relationships and characters. And so right. this one was kind of surprising to see his name on it. Yeah, but then you know this was kind of early in his career and he wrote Suicide yeah. Squad too, which I never saw, but was oh, pretty yeah. critically panned. Right, that's a good point. I just watched yeah. Birds of Prey the other day though. That one, that's great. Ah, I gotta see that. That's yeah, is that cool. James Gunn or Zack Snyder? No, it was 
oh, I wish I knew their names, but I'm pretty sure it was directed by a woman and written by a woman. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's neat. Um, but yeah, the, that opening sequence, I, I will repeat just because we're saying a lot of things down on this movie and I know so many people who are our listeners really dig it. Um, but that opening sequence, honestly, one of the best horror movie openings I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Maybe even yeah. just like one of the best horror sequences I've seen. It was like so, so fast, so intense and just like changed on a dime. Yeah. Like flawlessly executed. Yeah. That's not like such a high bar for the film. It like did. That. And I mean, some of the action sequences and the moments we called out in the plot run through had touches of that for sure. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, just the, it was, I would call the movie a little bit hollow. Like, yeah, it, it didn't really have any heart or underlying theme or anything like that, which is okay. And I think a lot of people like it and they just think it's a fun movie, but mm-hmm. I, I wish it, I think it really could have easily just packed a little bit more punch in a couple of different ways that it, it didn't do. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. It was yeah, almost like the, I, I, the way it chose to spend its time isn't isn't my, wouldn't have been my first choice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, but I, I'm like, yeah, all, all that I, I agree with. Uh, but I do feel like it, it, overall, like I feel like it was a fun and like visually appealing and entertaining watch. Uh, do, do you think so? Yeah, I agree. I was enter- I was thoroughly entertained, and yeah. I think if you think of it as a movie like that, and honestly, I think I would like it more on a rewatch because I would know exactly what to expect and I would sure. maybe even give more weight to some of the small character development that is there. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I wouldn't be expecting anything more. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And because I had already seen it. Like, I think the Ving Rhames gun owner thing would be, like, even more charming the second time around. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Kind of now having, like, a ex- a bar for your expectations. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I I think you're right. I think this probably does read a lot more like a action, like a straight action film, um, and uh, yeah, not not really a, a like a, a true horror, like you know, following like a character as as they're like kind of um, going through like some nightmare. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, Zack Snyder, all these other movies are action movies. Yeah, so that seems to be sense. his thing. Uh, can um, we talk for a minute about the soundtrack? What, what did you think? Of- <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. We probably should. We'd be remiss not to mention yeah. like this weird lounge cover of "Down with the Sickness" by Disturbed. But yeah, I think Richard Cheese is the singer or something. Yeah, <laughs> Richard Cheese in the Cage Against the Machine or something like that. Uh, okay, yeah. Some stupid. Yeah. And then uh, that opening scene, which I mean, like, we both loved. Uh, that was sets like a cover of. Uh, is does Johnny Cash doing when the man comes around or something? Oh right? yeah, yeah. I like that the use of that song. song yeah, that actually. was that was amazing. Yeah. But uh, what? Why? Uh, why so many covers in the movie? I was I was kind of surprised. Yeah, that was surprising. And I read something about like basically everyone else who worked on the movie being like, I wish you would choose different songs, <laughs> and Zack Snyder being like, Nope. <laughs> Yeah, what the <laughs> hell? He was very passionate about these <laughs> covers. Man, I'm sorry to anyone who likes this song, but and I loved some of Disturbed singles when I was a kid. Like, I'm pretty sure I had Down with the Sickness on a mix CD in my car at one point. Sure. But that song sucks so bad. That that song sucks. What did you think of like this cover where like it was kind of like comedic and it made it like for a fun montage? I honestly, I listened to that cover again just before we recorded, and I was like, I honestly like this better than the song. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> I agree, it's better than uh, the the original, but uh, yeah, it's just such a weird pick from this yeah. guy. 
Yeah, I mean, right. the, I get down with the sickness. Sure, I guess the words fit, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think throughout the whole movie, I, maybe he was like trying to toy with like some uh, levity there and like using like kind of a funny version of that song in the middle. Every once in a while, I felt like he was trying to go with a religious theme, like. You know, I, I know it's from the original, but like when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. And yeah, Mackay Pfeiffer's talking to Ving Rams about religion at one quick point, and oh, uh, right. when the man comes around, it's kind of like a like Judgment Day type theme, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, but I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like that was like in parts, but not really. Uh, didn't really land, I guess. Yeah. That's the theme. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe there's something there. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Just uh, knowing Zack Snyder and seeing his other films, I feel like there's probably not much more there. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, man. Well, zero out of five uh, zombie babies. What do you give this? Ah, it's tough. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the three and a half just because it, it was a fun watch. Uh, very well done visually. Some things that stick with you. Uh, a lot of fast action, which is a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I've obviously missing on like some of the more character development and uh, horror elements that I would have liked to see. What about you? I would give it the same. I, I know it probably sounds like I was more down on it than that, but I, I had three and a half as well. I think without that opening sequence, it would have been a three. Like, yeah. Just like, hey, yeah, it was fine. I liked it. But yeah, yeah, that puts it to three and a half for me. Sure. Yeah. It was a fun sequence. Yeah. It's, it's a popcorn movie. Yeah, definitely. Which honestly, if you're like tackling... The original Dawn of the Dead might have been the right way to go. Like, if mm-hmm. you try to do some like really deep theme again, like it might kind of blow up in your face. I don't know. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. If you think about like what he was trying to do and like bring this back for like a new audience. Uh, yeah, maybe this felt this kind of felt appropriate. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, or rather than blow up in your face, whipped cream pie in your face. Wait, that happened in the first one, right? <laughs> yeah. The motorcycle gang like was pieing zombies. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, okay, man. Well, anything else before we start to close up shop? No, I'm good. Cool. All right, everybody. Well, that is all for our discussion on Dawn of the Dead from 2004. Um, oh, and I think this might conclude our month of remakes. We might do a bonus one in June, but we'll see. Um, If you liked it, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. That helps other people find our show, and we really appreciate it. Uh, If you want to support the show, we're on patreon.com slash horrormovieclub. Let's see. Our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart. Uh, Check her out on Etsy.com. Our Ohio connection was from Alex Buden of the Jukebox Tavern in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Go to jukeboxcle.com check them out if you're in the area you can order some beer or wine for pickup um you can go to horrormovieclub.com and find our social links there you can follow us on facebook and twitter to see what we're going to cover next week and until next time if you find yourself trapped in a mall in the zombie apocalypse maybe just load up all the supplies in one store and pull down the gate until all the zombies starve do zombies (laughs) need to eat i don't think so i feel like uh Hmm. oh no they definitely do right I mean, they do eat, but do they need it? <laughs> Who knows what the rules are? Yeah, that's a good question, yeah. Mm-hmm.